needs to be preached this morning. I want you to turn in your Bible, if you would, to Matthew the seventh chapter. Matthew the seventh chapter. When you say Matthew chapter seven, in a lot of places, people's hearts go a little frozen, and some people start getting nervous. Amen. Because I am utterly persuaded that this scripture has been one of the most mispreached and taken out of context scriptures that's in the Bible. I have heard this preached to make more people doubt their salvation, or the result of it has been that people doubted their salvation more so than any scripture that I've ever heard preached anywhere. But I want to say to you this morning that the Word of God rightly divided does not produce confusion, but it produces clarity. Is that right or not? You can't tell me that the preaching of the Word of God, when it is preached like it's supposed to be preached in its context and with the touch of God, will, will confuse people. God is not the author of confusion. And you need to remember that. So when you hear preaching that confuses you, just go ahead and put a big old question mark right there and say, I'll come back to that later. Amen. There's too much in this Bible that lets me know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am saved by the grace of God. And I believe, now I'm going to preach for a while this morning. See, all of us might as well go ahead and bat in town and, and um, amen. Um, amen. I'd, I'd appreciate you if you can keep the movement at a minimum, because in all honesty, I believe I believe that somebody here needs to get some help from this this morning. Amen. If you're lost, I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt when you leave this church house that you're lost, unless you get saved. Amen. I'd love to see you get saved. And if you're saved and having having problems with assurance. If you are truly saved, I want you to leave here today being able to thank God to say, Hallelujah, I'm saved and know it. Amen. The one thing better than being saved is being saved and knowing it. Amen. And I believe God's people ought to know that they're saved. Amen. In the grace of God. So why don't you stand with me? I want to read you three verses in Matthew chapter 7. Verse number 21. Jesus Himself said these things, so we've got to believe them. He said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? I want to ask this question again here this morning. Is there anyone in the house of God this morning? You profess faith in the Lord. You, you really believe that you got saved at some point in your life. And um, the devil has bothered you or something has troubled you. And somehow, some way, you can't get it settled that you know you're saved by the grace of God and it just plagues you. 
and defeat you. Would you just slip up a hand? I'm not. I'm not going to point anybody out or embarrass anybody. But it's. It just. God bless you. Somebody else. God bless you. Somebody else. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. The message is the right message. Let's pray that God would help these folk in a special way. And if there be folk here that are lost, that God would reveal that to them. Okay, Father, please add your blessing to the reading and the preaching of the Word of God this morning. I pray that Thou would bring to my heart and to my mind things, Lord, that I pondered. And, Lord God, give clarity to the hearts of each and every one that's assembled together in the house of God this morning. I pray, Lord, for the power of the Holy Ghost to be upon our hearts and upon our souls as we listen to what thus saith the Lord. Help me to write the divide, the Word of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> now, I, let me say that this Scripture... How many of you have ever heard this Scripture? You've heard this Scripture. Most of the time, I, I'd say 95% of the... I don't know if I've ever heard anybody really take it in its entire context and preach it. But by and large, here's what you hear when you hear this Scripture. Verse 21, The Lord said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, for the most part, what you hear is this Scripture referred to in other messages. Somebody be preaching on something or preaching on... And they'll say, Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom. And then they'll start hammering that. Then they'll go, He'll say... In verse 23, he'll say, I will profess unto them, Depart from me, I never knew you. And then the preaching will go something like this. You've taught Sunday school all your life, and you're still lost. You've sung in a choir all your life, and you're still lost. You're married to a preacher, and you've been professing to be saved all your life, and you're still, you're never, you've never been saved. And they'll preach, and they'll preach. Why, you've, you've given to the church, and you're still not saved. And you've done a... And you know, 95% of the people sitting in a congregation like that at camp meetings or tent meetings or jubilees or whatever you want to call them, most everybody there has been in church all their life. They've been, uh, you know, uh, teaching Sunday school. They've been a uh, preacher's lives. They've been playing musical instruments. They've been doing all those things. And that, But those, those the emphasis is put on... That you've been doing this, but you're not saved. But I want to tell you something. That ain't what this Scripture says. Are, are you listening? That is not what this Scripture is saying. You say, well, preacher, it looks like that is what it's saying to me. Well, let's hang in there a minute and see what the Scripture says in its context. I cannot overemphasize, church, the importance of taking Scripture in its proper context and preaching the whole context as opposed to taking a Scripture out of context whereby you can make it say anything that you want it to say. I'll be honest with you. I have misused this Scripture a time or two in my life, quoting it, making an application that was not a proper application. But I have learned better, thank God, and ask God to forgive me for anybody that I ever confused with this, because this Scripture, to those of us that are saved, is not a confusing Scripture. Now let's look at it in its context, beginning at verse 13. 
Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Now that is an absolutely 100% biblically accurate statement. The portal, or the pathway, into the, into the grace of God is a straight way, or it is a narrow way. It is not narrow because it is difficult. It is narrow because there's only one way in. Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 9, I am the door. He didn't say I am a door. He said I am the door. There is only one way into God's salvation. There is only one way into God's grace. There is only one way into God's presence. And that is to go through the door. It is a straight way. It is narrow. Amen. Everybody in here say amen to that. I believe Jesus is the only way. Do you believe Jesus is the only way? Amen. Well, then look now at verse 15. This is still part of this context. And he begins talking about prophets. Not Bible prophets, but false prophets. Look at what he says. He said, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Would you look at your Bible just a minute to 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Paul himself said in verse 13, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Will you look down at verse number 23? I'm sorry, verse number 22 in Matthew chapter 7. What is the last? The last clause, they say, In thy name have done many wonderful works. According to Paul in 2 Corinthians 11, These people, their end shall be according to their works. Now let me say this right now so I don't forget to say it. I am not saying that everybody who's ever mispreached verses 21 through 23 is a false prophet. But may I say to you, false prophets in the pulpit will produce false profession in the pews. Amen? Get that in your mind. False prophets, false preaching, will produce false professions. But Bible preaching does not produce false professions. Look at what he says. The prophets, they, they, are, they are nefarious. They're evil. There are men that mount pulpits every Sunday who on purpose deceive the people. They're in it for money. They're like Balaam. 
They are in it for the game, saying, uh, they, I mean, they want to get what they can out of it. They don't care if people go to hell. They're going to hell themselves. Yet they promise people all kind of salvation, all kind of liberty. But they're liars and slow bellies, according to the book of Titus. They are false prophets. Now, false prophets couldn't get you saved or couldn't lead you to God if they tried. But notice, look at their produce. He said, ye shall know them, that is, these false prophets, by their fruits. This is another verse that's been taken out of context there and in verse number 20. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. We oftentimes hear people say, oh, I can tell they're not saved because I can, in, I can inspect their fruit. Well, you better look at where that verse is found. That verse is found in the context of false prophets. He said, by their fruits. What they, that is, what they produce. Look at verse, um, verse 17. At the, at the, verse number 17, the produce. He said, or verse 16. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? You don't get grapes off of a thorn. And you don't get figs out of a thistle patch. He goes on to say, Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. The produce or the product of false preaching will be something that is poison. He said a corrupt tree. He is likening the one standing delivering the message to a tree. And he said if he's corrupt, he cannot produce good fruit. If a tree is poison, my friend, the fruit that it produces will also be poison. There's some trees you don't want to eat. You don't want to eat the fruit of them. You say, well, I can graft something into it, and then I can eat that fruit. I don't think you'd want to do that. Because what, what is produced on the tree in the way of fruit comes through the tree and comes through the, the sap and all, and it will poison you. God's Word said a corrupt tree cannot bring forth good fruit, and a false prophet cannot produce good fruit in the, in the pews. Let's read on. The produce is noxious. That word means harmful to health or morals. When a man stands in a pulpit preaching false doctrine, he is going to produce a people that are morally deficient, and he is going to he is going he is going to produce a people who know not God, but yet stand and say we know God. Is that right or not? I promise you, friend. If you go door knocking any, you will find people who have been indoctrinated by corrupt trees. We were knocking on doors in a trailer park one time in Asheville, North Carolina. It was strange to begin with. There was just something weird about the, the, the sense that you got on the ground. And we kept, and these elderly people just kept dismissing us, just turning us away. You know, a lot of times elderly people will get you in just to talk to them. 
You know, just to have some company. But these people, nobody, no one wanted a gospel track. No one. Finally, this young lady pulled up and her elderly mother got out of the car. This was on a Sunday afternoon. And her elderly mother got out of the car and she got out on the other side. And we said, where from Swanlow Heights Baptist Church? want to give you a gospel track and ask you if you're saved. And the young lady looked at the mother and said, Mother, what did we learn about today at church? Oh, I believe it was existentialism. And, I, and son, my blood went cold. I thought, dear Lord, I am in a habitation of devils right here. This is a habitation of refined devils. They were up class. They were nice looking people. But they were devils, brother. I, I looked at that lady. I said, ma'am, I have studied existential psychology. But I want you to know it's not going to get you to God. I looked at the youngins with her. I said, let's get out of here. We are in somewhere we don't need to be. And we left, and I shook the dust off of my feet. I'm telling you, friend, there's people that get in pulpits with all kind of promises. If you do good, if your good outweighs your bad, if you do this, if you, then you will be all right with God. It is a lot of hell. You read on. The Bible then gets down to this pronouncement in verse number 21. Jesus said it, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now here's the message by title. I know I am saved because I... Fill in the blank. I want, I want you to... I want you to fill in that blank right now. I want everybody in this church house that is of the age of understanding to fill in that blank mentally. And the reason that I'm asking you this, to do this, is because many times I have, I say, Sir, are you saved? Hand them a gospel. Sir, are you saved? Yeah, I'm saved. I'll say, how do you know you're saved? Well, that them right there. I'm going to tell you something. It ought not tense anybody in here the same by the grace of God to be asked how you know you're saved. Or I will ask you, I say, well, sir, when did you get saved? Boy, that makes them swallow hard. Or how long have you been saved? Ask a fellow that not long ago. I said, sir, he said, yeah, I'm saved. I said, how long have you been He said, well, I've been saved all my life. He said, my mom and daddy was Christian. I said, sir, wait a minute. No one is saved all of their life. Well, so you talk about hitting the road, Jack, buddy. He got out of town. I'm telling you, all I did was ask him uh, how long he'd been saved. But I'm going to ask you right now. I want you to do this for me. I want everybody in the church house, whether you're saved or lost or don't know, I want you to fill in the blank. I know I am saved because I... Fill it in. How, if, I can, if you didn't know me, and I came to you tomorrow, and met you down at the store somewhere, and handed you a tract, and said, are you saved? You say, yes, I'm saved. And I said, how long have you been saved? What would your answer be? Fill it in. Fill it in. I know I am saved because I... Fill it in. In your mind. Fill it in. What would you say? I'd get all kinds of things. 
I get them. I get them. Well, I know I'm safe. How do you know you're safe? Well, I was baptized when I was 12. Is that how you would fill it in? I get this. How do you know you're safe? Well, I go to Arrington Branch Baptist Church. Maybe not Arrington Branch. Swanwell Heights. I, I go to Trinity Baptist. I go to uh, First One. You know, and, and that's their answer. That's how they know they're saved because they go to a certain church. How do you know you're saved? Well, I well I hope I'm saved. I've heard that ad nauseum. Well, how did, how long have you been saved? Well, um, I, I'm I'm trying to I'm doing the best I can. How many times have I heard somebody tell me they're doing the best they can? Let me ask you a question, church, saved or not. How many of you have done the best you can all week long? Somebody said the other day they's preaching that says it's 99% Jesus and 1% you. Well, wait a minute. That 1%, His 99% is perfect. Your 1% is going to have to be as perfect as His 99%. I got a flash for you, friend. I can't even do 1% right. I know I am saved because I fill it in in your heart. Because I'll be honest with you, even if you know the right answer, if you are not truly saved, it will about choke you to death to try to utter the right answer. Now let's look at this Scripture. Look at this Scripture. Jesus said... Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Absolutely. We've all got to agree with that. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Here's where you're going to get hammered at the camp meetings. I told you, I was told preaching this like this at a camp meeting would break the camp meeting up. I was told that. Had two preachers tell me, preacher, one of them said, preacher, I wish I'd have heard that earlier. Another preacher said, I wish I'd have heard that when I was a teenager. Because they had heard verse number 21 preached, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, but he that doeth the will of my Father. You're not doing the will of God. You don't know you're saved. You're not doing the will of God. I got news for you. Neither is that preacher standing in the podium always doing the will of God. There ain't a person in this church house that always does the will of God. Me at the head of the line. You say, well then preacher, what is it talking about? If I don't have... I mean, he said it. He said it in the Word of God. Not everyone, but he that doeth the will of God. So what must I do? Will you turn in your Bible to John chapter number 6 just a minute and let me show you what the will of God is with respect to you getting saved by the grace of God. John chapter number 6. You got King James Bible? He's going to have a church in before I even got here. John chapter number 6. Turn me one more page. I want you to look there at verse number 39. And this is the Father's will, said Jesus, which has sent me. 
that of all which He hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. Look at verse 40. And this is the will of Him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on Him may have everlasting life. And I will raise Him up at the last day. Does your Bible read about like that? Thank God. Amen. He said the will of God is that you believe. Ask me, God bless you, how I know I'm saved. I'm going to tell you something. You ask religionists this. You ask a religionist how he knows he's saved. He will get as mad as a heart. It would not offend you, would it, if I asked you on the street if you were saved. It would not offend you if I asked you how you know you're saved. It would not offend you if I asked you how long you've been saved. It wouldn't offend you, would it? If you're saved by the grace of God, it wouldn't offend you. My wife and I were going down White Horse Road one time knocking on doors. Knocked on the door, man came to the door. And we said, sir, from Tabernacle Baptist Church, we'll give you a gospel tract and ask you if you're saved. And I'm telling you, that's all we said. He said, he grabbed that door, he said, I'm a Methodist! And slammed that door as hard as God would let him out on the high state of me. All I did was ask him if he was saved. That offends Religious people. That offends them who are products of false prophets and false preaching. They told me just the other day there in Swannanoa they were going around asking people if they were saved. And they asked one man, and he said, I'm a member of First Baptist Church. And they asked him again, his voice level went up. He said, I told you I was a member of First Baptist Church. They said, sir, you misunderstood. We didn't ask you about your church. We asked you if you were saved. He said, I told you I was a member of First Baptist Church. Wrong answer, friend. If that's the way you're filling in the Blank, I know I am saved because I go to Arrington Branch Baptist Church. You better repent and get right with God. It does not offend, hey, it doesn't offend somebody that's saved to get asked if they're saved. As a matter of fact, it's a joy to get asked if you're saved. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. What is his will? That we believe on him whom he has sent. We all acknowledge that's more than just a head belief, but it is to receive him into one's heart and be born of his spirit. Now, look at verse 22. Many, the presumption, the presumption here, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Notice now, these are not Hindus. These are not Buddhists. 
These are not people that are spiritists. These are not New Agers. These are people who say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in Thy name. These are quote, unquote, Christians. They prophesied in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, many shall come in My name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. You do understand that the television set is full of preachers who say Jesus is Christ, but they're deceiving multitudes because they're giving people false ways of salvation and false prophecies of salvation. He said, many's going to say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. So now let me help those of you that have heard this Scripture and hammered and hammered by this Scripture. People that are saying that when they stand before God, you say the, the reason they're saying that when they stand before God is because that's what they're dependent on now. They are depending now on the fact that they prophesy in the name of the Lord, that they cast out devils in the name of the Lord, and in His name they do many wonderful works. May I say to you, without fear of contradiction from the Lord Himself, that if you are depending on what you are doing to get you to God, you will not get to God. You will stand before God, and my friend, when you stand before God, and the Lord says, What claim hast thou here? You're going to say... Well, I was a member of Arrington Branch Baptist Church. Or, and listen, I'm not throwing rocks at either or. Please understand me right now what I'm fixing to say. I am not throwing rocks at the Presbyterians or the Masons. I'm just telling you what my own uncle told my daddy when my daddy tried to lead him to the Lord. My uncle said, my uncle S.C., who knows better now, by the way, because he's in eternity, he said, Hazel, if the Presbyterians can't get me to heaven, the Masons can. That's what he said. So when he stands before God, and the Lord says, What claim hast thou here? He's going to say, Lord, um, the, the Presbyterians? That ain't going to work. Well, how about the Masons? That won't work either. Do you understand? I'm not mad at either one. I'm just telling you what he's depending on. Somebody else will stand and say, Lord, say, what claim hast thou here? Well, I was baptized when I was 12. If that would come out of your mouth, if I ask you, when you got saved, or how you know you're saved, or how long you've been saved, if that's what comes out of your heart. By the way, the reason people say those things is out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Because you can, you can pin somebody down. That, oh, no, no, I'm really trusting Jesus. Well, why didn't that come out? Do you notice what is not being said in that Scripture? Help you now if you're here saved and doubting. Do you know what nobody in this Scripture said? Many shall say, Lord, Lord. He, he said, no, no. He said, but he that doeth the will of my Father. 
Do you know what nobody in this Scripture is saying? Nobody is saying, but Lord, I was washed in the blood. Nobody is saying, but Lord, I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. But Lord, I bowed my feet, bowed my knees at the foot of Calvary's cross. And I called upon the name of the Lord. And your word said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Nobody's standing there saying that. Nobody's saying, but Lord, I was sealed with the spirit of promise. And the word of God said, I was sealed unto the day of redemption. Nobody's standing there saying, but Lord, I was born again, washed in the blood. But Lord, my name, I read in the book where you recorded it in the Lamb's book of life when I called on the Lord. Nobody's standing there saying that. Everybody's standing there saying what they've done. That ain't the way you hear the Scripture preached, friend. You hear the Scripture preached, you've got to do, you've got to do the will of God. And they go on, on this litany of what the will of God. And I know there's a lot of things in the Bible that speaks about the will of God. But this is the will of God, even your sanctification, not your salvation, that you abstain from certain things. Amen to God. There's a difference between sanctification and salvation, my friend. Hey, if your claim is, I've done this or i done that, then you're lost. But if you can stand... And by the way, somebody asked me if I'm saved. That's supposed to make me mad? No. Did I tell you all about that fella that was going to give me a gospel track not long ago and I saw him out of the corner of my eye? I, I, I might have told you all this day. Some here wasn't here. I was filling up with gas and I looked over and he kept eyeing me and I saw him digging for a gospel track. I thought he's coming to give me a gospel track so I had one ready for him. When he handed me what I handed him, he said, What are you? I said, I'm an old-time Baptist preacher, but better than that, I'm saved by the grace of God. Hallelujah! Amen! Doesn't offend me, friend! Oh, preacher, why in the world would you take a gospel tract and give it to somebody else? Praise God, not going to make me mad somebody trying to witness me about my soul. Amen. Make you ill. When somebody tries to talk to you about the Lord, would it make you ill? If somebody gave you a gospel tract, would it make you ill if somebody started pressing you about when you got saved? Amen, Sister Shelton. Would that make you mad if I started asking you how you knew you were saved? How long you been saved? Ever since you was 13. Called you, but he saved you because you called on him. Oh, that's a pretty. I like that. I know I am saved because I called on the name of the Lord. Sister Ive Jean, are you saved? How long have you been saved? How'd you get saved? You mean to tell me? 
you're not going to sit here and tell me it's because you've been going to Arrington Branch Baptist Church. It's not because you've been baptized. Not because your husband's a deacon. Oh, I know. You know you're saved, and you know you're saved because y'all are deacons at Arrington Branch Baptist Church. Is that right? No? No? Well, then how do you know you're saved? Tell me. And what would you do with it? There's something wrong with this outfit. Nobody's telling me what they've done. Everybody's telling me what he did. Is this coming through? Amen to God. Do you understand that when somebody stands and says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, but he that doeth the will of my Father, the will of the Father is that you call upon the Son to save your soul. And thank God when you do that in faith, He will save you every time. Glory to God and the Lamb forevermore. Next time you hear somebody preaching this out of its context, just smile and say, Preach on, preacher. That don't bother me a bit. And when the altar starts filling up with people crying and squalling and the carrying on and getting saved for the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth time, just say, God bless them. If they's to ever really get a hold of this Scripture in its context, they wouldn't let that worry them too much. Thank God. Amen. Amen. That nobody, you can preach that. God bless you. The Apostle Paul can preach it. But if you take it in its context, it makes me want to shout because I know that I ain't going to be standing before God telling Him what I've done. I will stand there and say, Thank God for salvation by the grace of God. I know I am saved because I fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Amen. Everybody in this church house needs to fill in the blank. I'm done for. I thought I was going to get done. I know I am saved. Everybody say that sentence with me. When when you get to that last thing, let's just stop, okay? I know I am saved because I... The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. You say, preacher, I am not perfect. Well, get in line. But to tell you the truth, in Christ, you are perfect. Your stand, if you're saved by the grace of God, your standing, your position in Christ is perfect. Your performance may be like mine. It may be about as sorry as the day is long. But I am not saved by my performance. I am not saved because I prophesy in His name. I am not saved because we have power over devils. I am not saved because of many wonderful works. I am saved because of the blood of the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Hallelujah to God! You can swing out over hell on a rotten corn stalk and sing amazing grace if you know that your name 
came to everybody in here right now, you would know what to say. You would know what to say. I've been standing up here and preaching what the right answer is, right? But I promise you, if you try, if you just sit with yourself and look in a mirror and say, I know that I am saved because I have called on the name of the Lord or because I have put my faith in Christ or because I have been washed in the blood, if you sit there and do that, I tell you, it will trouble you to try to say that when it is not so. But if it's so, it'll make you want to just shout. On three, I'm saved. One, two, three, I'm saved. Again, I'm saved. Again, I'm saved. When you say that, does it, is it something inside you? Hallelujah. Oh, when you say that, is there an emptiness? Does it kind of echo off of the walls of your soul and you know there is no reality to that profession? 